Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the Chain. Move the chains, I'm about to make a play. Move the chains, tell them get about the way. Welcome to Moving the Chains, episode 14, boys. Can you believe it's been 14 weeks we've been Still talking. here, baby. I know, we're still here. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't kicked ourselves off yet. Well done. I'll tell you what, a lot of people are saying, I can't believe they're still here. Uh, welcome to the show tonight. We're going to talk about big contracts. Players continue to be getting paid uh, in the NFL. Also, the Jamal Adams trade. We predicted that early on in the Moving the Chains podcast series that he would not play uh, the season out for the New York Jets. Then we get to talk a little bit of fantasy as well. But what everyone wants to know, they do come here for all their NFL action. What everyone wants to know, especially people in the Shire, even with their masks on, Chad Townsend, are you alive and are you going to play any more games in the NRL season? Yeah, for sure, Sally. I've um, had a strain in my calf or a tear, sorry, uh, grade two. So I'm looking about four weeks on the sideline. Um, but I'll be back ready to go for the back end of the season, mate. So disappointed, but, you know, you've got to get stuck in the rehab now. Now, boys, uh, before I introduce the other two, Trent Cutler and Nick Davis, a couple of weeks ago, I was a little bit worried that we're going to lose one of our uh, co-hosts, and it was Chad Townsend against the Warriors. Uh, just have a listen to this, boys, and tell me what you think. For the Sharks, Johnson, which is the open side. Townsend, a bit of right there. Well, he is an American sports fan, and perhaps he thought he was Tom Brady. <laughs> I just I was just in the pocket. I was just in the pocket and some of some have been saying it's actually the best throw that a Brown has made in the last eighteen months. Capes, Capes you're alive. Good to good to see you, mate. Oh, oh, I was just waiting to get introduced, mate. Trent Copeland, uh, of course. Welcome back, mate. Uh, how is baby prep going? We see you on Instagram. You're one of the best follows, of course. Uh, the Mrs. Kimberley's looking great. How are you going? Building all the stuff, ready for fatherhood. Yeah, honestly, the last four hours I've been putting together a flat pack from Ikea. Oh, yeah. Uh, blisters in the hands. Yeah, it's all happening here. Fatherhood, what's this all about? Yeah, don't worry. Being a father, you'll have a lot more blisters on your hands. Uh, Nick Davis, <laughs> uh, looking freshly shaven, brother. Mate, uh, we had a week off last week, for those of you that have been following Moving the Chains, and Nick Davis has gone away. He's really had a good look at himself in the mirror, and he's come back <laughs> freshly shaven. Uh, Dickie, how are you, brother? I'm really good. I'm really good. Looking forward to a little bit of news over the last couple of weeks. So looking forward to getting into it. Let's get stuck into it, boys. Jamal Adams has been traded from the New York Jets. An absolute haul they got back. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks is the team that he's gone to. They uh, have traded Bradley McDougal, uh, or McDougal, however you pronounce that, a first round and a third round pick in 2021 and a first round pick in 2022. Chad Townsend, is that too much to pay for Jamal Adams or is it a good deal? and probably even out because we see it a lot in the NFL teams. Sometimes it evens out in the end, but seems like a lot, three round, three, uh, two first round picks and a third. Yeah. Look, I think it, it seems a lot now. I think, you know, first round picks are so valuable. Obviously time will tell in terms of how the jets go with those selections, but what you get in Jamal Adams is uh, a phenomenal player, a leader. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's not afraid to get in, get, you know, get dirty. Um, and he's going to add to that Seahawks defense and, um, I really feel like it's, it's a great fit. I feel like Pete Carroll can, can handle someone like him. He's got a great coach there. Uh, if Clowney stays, you know, that defense is looking really solid in, in Seattle. 
Uh, Nick Davis, Jamal Adams wanted to be a Jet for life five months ago. Some of the quotes are coming out and biting him yeah. on the ass. Uh, are we surprised? I mean, we predicted it early on uh, that Jamal Adams was upset and that he wasn't going to see the season out. Are we surprised that we see them move so quickly before the season is started? And does that doom the Jets to another disappointing season? Uh, I'm not, I don't think any of us are surprised that that happened. But I think if you want to get him out you want, and you could see that he wasn't happy that where the smoke, there's fire, let's get him out before we get into camp. Uh, let's understand where we sit with everything. Uh, some of the players, uh, Le'Veon Bell's come out and was pretty, uh, pretty harsh in his comments on uh, social media towards him. And look, on look, I, I think that the Jets definitely won out on this, but that all depends on who they pick. And they've had histories of picking the wrong people. So they've got all these picks here ready to go. Uh, at the moment, look, you, uh, you'll see Jamal Adams play for the Seahawks this year, and then you just don't know who the Jets are going to pick. So, look, at the moment, I think the Jets win this. Uh, if, if a player doesn't want to be there and he's not happy, move him on. And, and they got plenty of good picks through. Cope, so I had a look at the odds. Of course, Moving the Chains is sponsored by topsport.com.au. Please gamble responsibly. Have a bit of fun with it. I tipped Jamal Adams to be the defensive player of the year because he was in a shit team. Now that he's in a good team like the Seahawks, that $33 is looking very juicy. Does this worry you in that same division with San Francisco now that the Seahawks... Yeah, can come up and be that number one team. Yeah, it does. I was already worried about the division. And, you know, if you look at it from the outside looking in, yeah, you could say it's a huge haul for a safety, but he's a guaranteed top three safety in the league for the next at least five years. And the one thing it tells me is that that organisation feels like it can win a Super Bowl. You don't trade that sort of haul if you don't think you're in a window. Um, the big question is, can they actually beat teams like uh, the Chiefs who have got such a good roster that they've kept pretty much together and numerous other teams, even in their own division, the 49ers um, certainly are looking still pretty strong. So I'm worried as a 49er, but I can also see the legitimacy of why they've done it. And certainly it's one of those deals where you trade away first round picks in the next two years, but in getting back Jamal Adams, those picks immediately get worse. So I would say you're looking at late 20s to 30 as the number on those draft picks. So, you know, if you're an organisation and you think you've got a window, I'm happy to pay it. And boys, that's what we often forget. Sometimes the Australian fans who maybe just watch the NFL on a Monday morning, that those teams that are going for a championship, they're going, their first round pick is going to be in anywhere between 26 and 32. So sometimes they're not as valuable as those teams that uh, are very, very bad. So let's throw this up on our at Moving the Chains Twitter poll. Who won the Jamal Adams trade? Was it the Seahawks or the Jets? Make sure you go on to at Moving the Chains on Twitter to vote and leave your comments as well if you are a Seahawks fan and you're getting very excited. Excited. Chad Townsend, I know you're excited. A lot of cash exchange. I actually saw this a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't sure about Miles Garrett. I thought it was a hoax. But he has extended his contract at the Cleveland Browns. Five years, $125 million. $21 million signing bonus. His average salary is $25 million. Now, uh, Chad, for those people that don't know who Miles Garrett is, he is the man that in his last game actually took his helmet off <laughs> because he hates uh, Mason Rudolph so much and hit him in the head with it. Uh, are you excited that they've extended Miles Garrett? I think it's the first uh, first round pick that they have extended in uh, a long, long time. Yeah, definitely. Looks out. I think it's a great move for the organisation. I know we we briefly spoke it on the show two weeks ago, but um, look, Miles Garrett is is an extremely uh, 
you know, he's a big talent, big time talent. On he solidifies that defensive line. You know, he sacked the quarterback on his first NFL sack. You know, that just speaks uh, about the type of talent this kid has. And, and you're right, Sari, for the Browns to re-sign uh, one of their early round draft picks, it's rare. And you know, it's it's shameful for me to say this, but um, you know, we haven't been getting many first round picks right over the last few years, and it's good to see that you know they get this one right. Dickie, can they build their defense around a guy that is such a loose cannon? And were you surprised by the amount of money? It's $50 million guaranteed at signing. No, I'm not surprised. I think uh, all Chad's comments there are spot on. I think uh, we, and, and a lot of people and a lot of casual NFL watchers uh, follow the offensive players. They know the quarterbacks. They know the running backs, the wide receivers. But it's... Some of these, you know, defensive guys, they're really, really hard to find. And you've seen some big money, uh, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, now Miles Garrett. Some of these, JJ Watt, these defensive guys uh, are really hard to find in a competition. And when you get an elite one, it's really important that you keep them. So uh, I think it's a really good move for the Browns. Copes, as a senior statesman within uh, the New South Wales cricket organisation, how do you go to someone like a Miles Garrett, who's just a loose cannon, uh, but he's so valuable to your team and try and get them to harness that so that they can help your team win. It's a really hard one to answer that because the one thing we don't get in Australian, particularly cricket, is the sort of egos that you're dealing with with Miles Garrett So, and numerous other NFL players for that matter. He's not alone. Um, the one thing that you can do is try to make him understand his own abilities. I'm sure he's got a pretty good idea, but... Um, make him see that at his peak and curbing his uh, maybe external factors that have been shown a few times now, that they could be within a window of, you know, making some noise in that conference and you know, even going all the way to a Super Bowl. They certainly got the talent. I mean, you look at Baker Mayfield, if things go right like his first 10 games, you know, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, Austin Hooper, you name it. There's so much talent on that team. If it all clicks right, and he's a huge part of that, that's where I'd go. It Look at the like, big picture. Feels like we've been down this road before, yeah. maybe last week. I'll put two chin straps on his helmet. <laughs> Locky, very, very good. Uh, staying with you, Capes, one of your uh, team members that you support, Rashad Mostat, has uh, gone in and wanted a contract extension. He has got that. Can you fill the Australian public in on how that's all come about and some of the incentives he got worked into his deal so that he can keep the Super Bowl contenders uh, back on pace with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, so I guess everyone saw him, everyone that watches the NFL, particularly in the playoffs, will have seen. Raheem Mostert at the helm for the 49ers uh, in the Super Bowl. He had 12 rushes for 58 yards and a touchdown. But the, you know, the NFC Championship game, 29 rushes, 220 yards for four touchdowns. Um, that's where he really came to life. But you rewind eight weeks before that, and he wasn't the starter. He was part of a committee backfield, and that's what he was paid as. So his next three years of his contract, he was earning no more than to $2.8 million per season, which is not much in, in the market these days. So he put in a trade request not long ago, and I don't think there was ever a stage where that was legitimate, I want out. It was just leverage over the 49ers to try and get in, in everything that was reported. He wanted just what Tevin Coleman and similar caliber players were on in the same organization, and he got that. He can earn with incentives up to about $5 million a year 
starting this year for the next three years. And I tell you what, as a 49er, I'm bloody happy with that. Uh, you listen to Trent Copeland talk his team up, Chad. Would you rather have a top five running back in the NFL or a running back by, uh, by committee like the 49ers where they've got guys that can certainly get the job done? Uh, Kyle Shanahan's got the scheming, but would you like a top five guy or run, run by committee? Yeah, look, that's a great question, Sam. And I, and I think the 49ers proved that last year you can be successful with the committee. However, for me, I, I'm still leaning towards... Um, having that top five guy, that guy you can really can rely on. And I think in big games, uh, you know, you need your superstars to stand up. And, you know, your highly paid uh, top tier running backs, that's what they're paid to do. So for me, if I had a choice, I'd probably have to say, yeah, probably have to say the top five guy. What about you, Dickie? We'll put it on our app Moving the Chains Twitter poll. Would you like a running back team by committee or would you like a top five running back uh, behind your quarterback? What about you, Dickie? Um, look, I like the committee. I, I think I'll just be a point of difference. I, I think there's, uh, and you saw with the, the 49ers last year and a few other um, teams, that you can just ride the hot hand. Uh, and that might be for, you know, a, a series of downs, a quarter, a game, or a couple of weeks. And um, I, I think if you put all your eggs, if you're Carolina Panthers this year, you've got all your eggs in the Christian McCaffrey basket and he falls over, uh, there's not a lot there behind him. So I don't mind the committee. And I think if you're an organisation, if you can't get one of the probably 10 big dogs, um, the, the, there's enough decent you know, running backs out there. If you've got a good O-line, that you can run a committee and, and do a good job. That's the important thing, Copes, isn't it? Because I look at Derek Henry and what he did for the Titans last year. You talk about riding the hot hand, Dickie. I mean, pretty yeah. much. He, was <laughs> he, carried, he absolutely carried them. I think they're going to get him to play on defense this year. That's how uh, good he is. But, uh, Copes, would you trade the San Francisco running back committee for Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, to try and get into that? Or, or are you just happy with how their makeup of their team is? If we didn't have Shanahan, then, you know, you're probably in that mold where, I mean, we've had Frank Gore for a long time and then Carlos Hyde in his early years, certainly impressed when it was just one guy. But, I mean, everything that I've seen from Shanahan means that it doesn't really matter. And this is why running backs are struggling to get paid because you can draft a rookie in the fourth round and they can come into a good system with good offensive line blocking and they can be successful. So, I mean, we've got guys like Tavin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson sitting there on the sideline. And if most of it goes down, like Dickie was saying, we're going to be the same team. We're going to be the same threat. We've got Kyle Juszczyk, who's a fullback, who does just as good a job as anyone. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I would trade him or that system for anyone. It'll be interesting to see what the fans like, especially if your team's really shit too. I'm sure you'd want any one of those uh, top running backs. Let's keep it moving here, lads. Uh, training camp starts back this week, Chad. But a lot of people, we saw Philip Rivers walk in for the first time, the Indianapolis Colts, all wearing masks, but still a lot of uncertainty around uh, the COVID-19 threat and whether the season will undertake uh, transformation, whether they go to a bubble or not. We're hearing some stuff about the Major League Baseball potentially season being over. It's already down to 60 games. The NFL, they, they won't jeopardise any of their money. Are we expecting the season to go ahead based off what we're hearing out of ESPN and NFL football and all those kind of outlets? Yeah, look, at this stage, I think the season still goes ahead. And as you said, Sal, a lot of the teams are reporting to training camp now. Everyone's wearing masks. But for me, I'm yet to hear exactly what their protocols are, whether they do adopt the, the bubble-type system as we have over here in Australia. And I think that 
it's the only system that works. You know, you look at the MLB again, as you mentioned, Sowin, and they've had positive cases down in Miami with the Marlins, and already the MLB's on hold and gone into panic mode about exactly what's going to happen with with the baseball because they don't have a bubble set up in place, and it allows players to go and freely roam with general public, and especially in Miami where the cases are just astronomical. So, I think you know, for the NFL, the smart thing for them to do is to create a bubble. Um, it, it gives you the best chance, as we've shown over, you know, down here in the Southern Hemisphere with Australia and New Zealand. And now you look at New Zealand; have got full crowds back. Uh, you know, we've got uh, capacity crowds of around, I think, 25 to 50 percent. But um, you know, that they uh, they need to adopt a bubble if I think they need to play out a full season. Dickie, do, do they? It's probably not as simple as maybe the NRL because it's all Eastern Coast, and New Zealand have had to base themselves. Mm-hmm. You can sort of base yourselves in Sydney and Queensland. This is all of America. We're talking, you know, Las Vegas. We're talking New Orleans. They're all going to have to travel. And is there any way you could see them going into a bubble like Chad just said? Or and whereabouts? Um, I'm not sure about the bubble, but I think that um, I think that they can get the season uh, up and going and and get a fair way through it by look. Obviously, the the strict. And Chad can speak about this, about the NRL and the protocols in regards to... Uh, well, I don't think it's a problem. I think the... And, and seeing a few, the training facilities that they've got are not um, publicly... But no public can go there. You can shut the gates. You can you can be very private in your training facility. So I don't think... It's not going to happen at training. They get charter flights anyway, so they don't have to worry about airports. They generally book out hotels anyway, so they don't have to worry about that. I think where they're going to run into trouble is just the players, and they've probably got big enough houses anyway, they can live in a new room each week. But um, it, it's, the, it's the contact, that the incidental contact, not at training, not at a game, and, and away from your team that they're going to have to try and worry about. I don't think that's so incidental with some of the players <laughs> over there. Did uh, you see Lou Williams today? Yeah. <laughs> Had dinner at a club. gentleman's club. Mm. Yeah. The wings Maybe. were very tasty, apparently. Um, Cope, just quickly <laughs> before I keep it moving, uh, are you expecting the season to go ahead as planned because it is such a moneymaker for so many people? Yeah, they'll make it work is my short answer. They'll maybe have to shuffle things around like the AFL and the NRL have done and like the NBA have done. They might plan to start with the schedule as it is and then after four weeks, they might need to go into a more strict bubble situation, but I don't see them cancelling it. All right, boys, let's uh, keep it moving a little bit. Topsport.com.au, they are the sponsors of Moving the Chain podcast, and they've given us all $100 a couple of weeks out from the NFL season, hopefully starting up. And we've done some research. This is the most research I've done for the show, boys. Don't worry about that. Um, To come up with a multi ahead of this year so people can follow on Twitter at Moving the Chains. And, of course, topsport.com.au. Please gamble responsibly and have a bit of fun with it. So uh, we dug into the bag this week. Chad, what have you come up with for your multi, your NFL multi for 2020-2021? All right. See, I've written a few down here, but I'm going to go Nick Chubb, 10 touchdowns. Into yep. defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. In, okay. Into Buffalo Bills to win their division. Yep. Into Browns to make the playoffs. Let's go, baby. And what? And what that must have a million dollars. That must total a million dollars. Let's that, go. Okay. Let's go. I went exotic. Joe exotic. Okay. What's the odds there? Did you punch it all in or you just chose them out? I just chose them out. I don't even know okay. the odds. 
All right, so I'll have to write that down. You'll have to send it to me in a text and I'll get to do the odds. Um, I, I had no idea that Chad was going to go that deep. I sort of went something for the punters there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dickie, please tell me and tell Trent and Chad that you have not got anything to do with your $100 involving the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I have. I absolutely have. Okay, and I'm confident, and I'm confident yeah. that my Raiders are not going to let the side down because I've backed all of our sides. I have got the Las Vegas Raiders at $2.15 to win over seven and a half games. Right. I have got the Cleveland Browns to win over eight and a half games. I have got the New Orleans Saints to win over 10 and a half games. Yes. And I have the 49ers to win over 10 and a half games at a total price of $15.14. $15.14. I like that one. I'm backing our teams and my team will not let us down. That is attainable. Uh, Trent Copeland, I know that you'll have something very, very juicy that you would have gone deep in. That We probably have to make it up because there's no <laughs> way that Tristan would have heard uh, about yours. But what have you got? Uh, look, I don't really, to be honest. I think I might just go something simple like um, I've got some win totals ones where I think maybe the Lions might shake up a few. The Seahawks, after making trades, if you can jump on, uh, their odds to get their win total up. Um, there's a couple where I think teams are overvalued um, and certainly they become pretty obvious. But then throwing in the, you know, the futures around Super Bowl winners um, and then the guys like you've said before. So uh, Jamal Adams is Defensive Player of the Year. Um, comeback Player of the Year being someone like Big Ben. They're the sort of ones that I've um, tossed around in my head. So... Look, I had about 50 different combinations, but they're the ones that I'll be looking for. Yeah, so you've given us no direct... Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely I, nothing. Yeah, I, I had... I you've bowled an over of wives. That's disgusting <laughs> what you've just dished up. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Copes to uh, send through a, a definite oh. one and he'll post it. Boys, I think oh, this man. is attainable and it's Here very, very juicy. Uh, New Orleans Saints to win the NFC South. The Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC West. And the Dallas Cowboys, the NFC East, that combination, $12.10, topsport.com.au. So we'll get those out on Twitter. We will come up with Copes's uh, to see what he comes up with. Chad's will be right your own ticket because it will never happen. Uh, same with Dickies too. Uh, what do you mean? Sure but uh, topsport.com.au, sponsors of Moving the Chains. And as speak about Moving the Chains, let's keep it going to a little bit of wide receiver drama, Chad. Uh, Keenan Allen, if you don't know Keenan Allen, he plays for the Los Angeles uh, Chargers now. He's come out on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> now, let me just read this. Okay, I'm tired of biting my tongue. Cheetah, which is Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and the list goes on, are not a better receiver than me. And Mike Evans has clapped back and said, don't be mad at us. We don't make the rankings or care about them. I like your confidence, but let's be realistic. You're not on my level, bro. Now, boys, when we talk wide receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Evans aren't even in the top 10, are they? Or well, Mike, 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 Evans, is, Mike, Mike Evans is there. Okay, but Keenan Allen, Chad, I mean, come on, Keenan, relax. Who, who's going to be throwing you the ball this year? Yeah, yeah, a, a rookie. I mean, Keenan Allen, I don't think... Uh, you know, I wouldn't call him an elite receiver, but the thing that I really love about it, and we always talk about it, uh, or we've spoken about it before on the show, Sal, is these American athletes, they don't, you know, they don't lack confidence. They, they back themselves, they back their ability, and uh, they, they talk back to each other. And, you know, the, the fact that these guys are probably, you know, uh, they're probably not friends, but they probably 
talk to each other online and they bite back and it's good for the fans. And, you know, like I said, they're full of confidence and they back themselves. I love it. We saw Jared Weir Hargreaves and Jack Hetherington the other day, Trent Copeland up at Central Coast, getting a little bit of a stash and not shake hands and all that kind of stuff. I love it. This is theatre. This is what we get to do the whole show. We could do the whole show about rivalries and people that hate each other and all that kind of stuff. They just understand how to do it. Whereas in Australia, we seem to arc up about not shaking someone's hand. Yeah. Look, I can see where you're coming from there. I guess certainly the way I try and carry myself, I don't like it personally. And if someone didn't shake my hand after a cricket match, uh, it, I just wouldn't, it wouldn't sit well with me. Um, but from a viewer point of view, the theatre that comes with not just that, but there's so much more to it um, and the egos and the, um, the storylines behind the scenes and stuff like that with the multi-million dollar salaries that these guys are on and how much is on the line for each team, it all plays into it. So I totally agree. The product for a viewer is just next level. Yeah, we love the theatre, don't we, Dickie? It's second to none. Like, this would not have made any other sports show, but over there they could fill 15, 20 minutes on NFL Live. Yeah, they could. And if this happened in, in the AFL or the NRL, it'd be an outrage about it, where this is just another story over there and it's quite uh, amusing about it. There was someone in the AFL, a journalist come out in the AFL, he wants a taunting rule oh, now in the that, AFL. Man, please, oh. give me an absolute spell. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous, I think. Uh, a lot of it and a lot of it is now because all sports the coverage is so great uh you're in a lot more in depth there's microphones everywhere you can probably hear more than what it's probably less than when Sally you and I played uh like it was just ruthless that AFL journalist probably won't listen to moving the chains because we give each other a lot of shit uh, <laughs> we're taunting in this show we're absolutely <laughs> taunting Seriously, what? Uh, yeah, I won't say. Um, all right, boys, let's finish off with a couple of fan questions here and also Trent Copeland's Fantasy Corner. Uh, he is the guru of fantasy. He's doing a live draft tonight. But this one, uh, I'll go to you for the first part of this chat and then I'll go to you, Dickie. Uh, at Brad Bolt 1, which player is your biggest sleeper this year? And then, Dickie, your question is, who will be the breakout star who moves into supersteer status this year in the NFL? Off to you, Chad. Oh, geez, biggest sleeper. Um, there's literally so many to choose from. Um, if I had to pick one, uh, someone help me out. You throw me up a few names because Mate, I had no research. I've, I've Lockie, I was going to say Lockie Wiggle. That's where my head is. <laughs> I've got a few. Okay, I did some research. I've got a tip, few I'll tip it on to you, Dickie. I've got a few for you. Tip on, tip on. I've got a few. I'll carry. We're gonna, we're gonna do this by committee, Chad and I. We're gonna, uh, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna attack this by committee. <laughs> we're gonna attack it by committee with the, with the Niners. I've got a few. I've got two running backs, Devin Singletree uh, of the Buffalo Bills. I think he can, uh, he can make the next step. Uh, he had Frank Gore. He's still got Frank Gore there. He might never, ever, ever retire, but uh, he will uh, take the lion's share of the of the carries there at Buffalo and do a really good job. Someone who's probably pretty much there, if not, this is not a bad one. Is is uh, who have I got? Miles Sanders. I think he um, he can take the next step at quarterback. Drew Locke. I think uh, what the Denver Broncos uh, put around him this year has given him every opportunity to uh, to take the next step. Uh, and defensive side of the ball, I'm going to stick with my man, Jonathan Abram. I think he's going to be the standout, uh, breakout uh, defensive player in the competition. You may laugh. You may laugh, Jamie. I will be proven right. 
Copes, you've got 20 seconds here before we go to Fantasy Corner. Name a sleeper and a, a guy who's going to break into superstar status this year. Uh, sleeper, Antonio Gibson. And superstar status, I'm going to say Calvin Ridley. Wow. Calvin Ridley. There you go. You heard it there first. Uh, probably listen to Copes' tips a little bit more than... I will see. Anyway, uh, let's, it's time now for fantasy. You've got a draft coming up tonight, Copes. Now, you're in... Uh, Probably a good position, I don't know, but uh, draft number position number four out of how many? And if so, don't take your, George Kittle. What is your strategy? <laughs> yeah, actually, go. I'll go to the book that I've been writing down. Do not take George Kittle early, but if you do, you're committed to him for the year. Yeah, <laughs> make a quarterback late. Um, who, who number four? Is that a good pick for those people that are in that sort of out of that superstar range? But you can still get some very, very good players. Yeah, hey, just before we do, I've narrowed down my bets, all right? I've given you a multi okay. here. Thank you. Uh, Bills to win the AFC Championship around 14 bucks. Seahawks with the trade, to, and this hurts me given I'm a 49ers fan, to win the NFC at 10 bucks with Russell Wilson as the MVP of the entire league at 8 bucks. There you go. Three legs with good odds. Okay, uh, sweet. I'll write that down. Boys, you'll have to send them to me so I can pass them on to Tristan. Uh, you've got about 30 seconds here, Coach. No worries. So, uh, number four yeah. in the draft. Number four of a 12-team league, full PPR. I reckon I'm going to be choosing between Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas either way, or maybe Zeke. Um, either way, I'm happy to go with any of those guys, but I'd be leaning running back just because that top tier is just so valuable. Well, who goes one? Who do you think will go one? Oh, undoubtedly Christian McCaffrey, then Saquon yep. too, I think. Yep. Agree. All right, there you go. Uh, moving the chain, sponsored by topsport.com.au where you can get the best odds in the NFL. Make sure you deep dive into that little Brady basket there that's got all the odds about how Tom Brady will go down at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Make sure you tag us at Moving the Chains on Instagram and on Twitter. And don't forget, we have all the best uh, fantasy action here in the world, uh, Trent Copeland. And if not, we've got this guy who might be able to take over from uh, his man, Baker Mayfield. There he is, Chad, Chad Joe Montana Townsend, the, uh, the Cronulla Cleveland Browns. All right, stay safe. Catch you next week. Yeah. <laughs>